Thank you for listening to this Reading the Bible Together podcast, available thanks to your support. Welcome to Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. What, what is biblical fasting? I think it is a spiritual discipline that has uh, survived uh, from before the cross and then that Jesus modeled for us. And it's a way for us to enter into just a very narrow portion. I mean, it's a sliver uh, of the pain and the, uh, the sacrifice that he gave for us, but it's a way that we can do that uh, personally. And so I just, th- this morning as I was thinking about it, with all those Old Testament mandates that, that went away, uh, he didn't do away with this call to fa- fast. In fact, he amplified it and he modeled it for us. And so I think it's sort of his prescribed way of inviting us into what he endured for us. Today, we're going to talk about the spiritual practice of fasting. And, you know, for all of these spiritual practices that we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks, I it was interesting because I, I'm usually a person that likes to be prepared. I like to work ahead. I like to know what I'm going to do next. And I, I just had a block. I had a block with who I should ask to, to talk to about each of these disciplines. And finally, you know, got some time to quiet myself with the Lord. And I just really felt like the person to talk to about fasting, because I feel like fasting is something that's very personal, is very vulnerable. And I thought the person that would be able to do that well is Than Bennett. And so he's going to be joining me today. He's the president of Every Good Work, author of the Equipped Newsletter, which is a newsletter that talks about the news of the day and offers a biblical perspective. And I really appreciate Than's voice of, um, of, of doing that. He does that really, really well. So you can check out the Equipped newsletter. And then he and his wife, Brooke, started A Fearless Life, and they are working to find a home for every child in, adoption, in foster care that is eligible for adoption. Welcome, Than. Thanks, Angela. I love being with you. And I'll just say uh, very, very briefly what I told you. I'll tell the listeners this. Um, I think that was actually a good process that you used to land on me to talk about this topic, because I'll just say right off the bat, uh, Angela, I'm not a very good faster. This is is difficult (laughs) for me. So I think my response over email to you was, well, if you're looking for an expert faster, uh, you're going to have to ask somebody else. But if you're looking for someone that does this out of obedience, then, then that's me. Yes. Well, and that is exactly as soon as you got that, when I got that response from you, I'm like, oh, yeah, I I did. I picked the right person (laughs) because and I think that's important. It's an important thing to say starting off right away is because is is that we're imperfect in this process. These these spiritual disciplines are practices that we're doing. You know, if someone was an expert, I I might question I might question that Mm. they were an expert in something. Yeah, well, and also, you know, this is, these are personal disciplines, but they're also communal. And so, you know, I come to this conversation recognizing that I need people like uh, my wife, Brooke, who has always been a very faithful faster. And then also uh, our, our church, Angela, our church does a very good job of of stewarding this and of, of spurring us on. We're actually um, doing a um, a Lent fast this year from Wednesday mm-hmm. sundown to, to Thursday sundown. And so I, I just say that to say, you know, for those of us who this is not supernatural for, I think getting around people who maybe have more strength in the air, I think it's really key. Yep. That's, that's a good point too, that it's done in community. It's done well in community. Uh, f- before we get into the conversation about fasting, you know, we're in Lent, starting the season of Lent, 
is Lent something, you know, what's your experience with Lent? Because I know everybody has a different experience or no experience at all with it. Yeah. Uh, growing up, Angela, I actually did not uh, practice Lent actively. I mean, we grew up in a, a, a Bible-believing Christian home, certainly uh, knew Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And so we looked toward Easter and, you know, Holy Week and uh, recognition of Jesus' death. And then, of course, his, his resurrection three days later. I mean, those were certainly things that we observed on an annual basis. But this this more extended version of Lent, you know, 40 days plus Sunday of, of leading up to uh, leading up to Holy Week, it was not something that I had uh, a lot of experience with growing up. Now, it is something that we have started to practice in our home, and there are, there are a couple of things we can get into if you want to that we're we've sort of focused on this year. But um, growing up, this it is not something that was a part of our regular observance. So this is actually fairly new uh, to me to ex- observe the whole season of Lent, if you will. So, as someone who hadn't ob- observed it before, to now do it with your family, what what caused the 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 shift to do that? Yeah. I mean, similar to the conversation about fasting, honestly, exposure to people who experienced the benefits of intentionally mm-hmm. embracing this des- this discipline. And um, uh, let's see, I would probably boil it down to, to a couple of things. I mean, one, um, observing the entire duration has become especially um, special to us because it's sort of a long form of celebrating the work that Jesus did on the cross, right? We, mm-hmm. we think about that conquering that happened on Resurrection Sunday, but on a very practical level, uh, Lent sort of allows us to tarry in that space. And then um, maybe sort of hand in hand with that. And I think, I think this is probably the most important one. This is the one that we're really drilling down on this year. By, by sort of lingering in that space, Angela, and by kind of sitting there for several weeks and, and associating with uh, the death on the cross, what it does for us and what we're trying to really uh, pinpoint for our kids on this is it accentuates the magnitude of that victory of resurrection mm-hmm. that happens on Sunday, right? If yep. you have been um, you know, sitting in this and trying to associate with the suffering that was the cross, with the penalty that comes with sin, and then obviously, honestly, through some of these disciplines that we're going to talk about in, in including fasting, uh, really personally associating that when it comes time to celebrate the resurrection, even though you knew that was coming, the fact that you've tried to expose yourself to the pain that led up to that, at least for us, I, I think that has that has helped us to keep from sort of glossing over um, how how radical and how life-changing what happened on Sunday really was. You, you, you kind of mentioned this just in passing before we came on air, but if you don't fully appreciate Friday, mm-hmm. then Sunday loses some of its power, right? So I think right. that's I think that's what the extended Lent has done for us. Yeah. As a visual, I think of, you know, if you come to a mountain halfway and you go to the top, you know, that, that that's shorter than if you were at the bottom of the mountain or you go down into the valley, you go down into the depth and then up into the mountaintop, there's a, there's a bigger, there's a bigger swing of experience hmm. with that. Yeah. A lot of a lot of the a lot of the gain is in the pain, right? You mm-hmm. associate it with, then the victory means all the more. Couldn't yeah. agree more. Yeah, and I'm a personality that likes to run from pain, <laughs> and, and so practicing Lent and uh, Holy Week is something I would say that I personally wrestle with. I think it's important. I grew up in a Lutheran church, and so it was something that we did. You know, it was a regular practice in our home hmm. or in our church. Um, even though I, I knew a lot about God, I didn't know him personally until I was older. 
Um, but but I but I appreciated the. It's the same thing with the liturgy. For me, it became something that I would um, just kind of recite. But hmm. but those are the things that I find I come back to now when I don't have words to pray. Pray, I come back to the words Lord, Lord's prayer when I don't have words to confess before communion. I go back to the words of the liturgy, and so I. I I appreciate that the this kind of discipline of Lent, this discipline of the disciplines that we'll be talking about, is something that even when you're not feeling it, even when you kind of want to avoid it, to enter into it, they'll, you know, you were saying this earlier too that when we ask God to to come closer, He will, mm-hmm. and when we go through these processes, He'll come closer. Can I ask you a question about that? I know this mm-hmm. is your podcast, but can I ask you a question? No, no, yeah, go ahead. So, so what what changed there? What what caused? Or can you pinpoint what changed to make that liturgy come from something that was just sort of check the box to something that that breathed more life into it? Was there was there a revelation, or what what kind of made the difference there? Well, when I was nineteen, I came to the understanding that I could not only know God. I could not only know about God, I could know God. So the way that I explain it is that I know who the president is. I know Hmm. who his kids are, but I don't have a personal relationship with him. And I wasn't aware that I could. And then when I became aware of it, I, I went back, you know, to the church I had grown up in and it was all there the whole time. But I didn't see it because I was so busy. Well, it's, I mean, there, God, God played a part in that. The Holy Spirit played a part in that revealing himself to me. But there was this foundation that I wasn't aware of. And it wasn't until I came to this personal, to know that I could know him personal and have that kind of revelation to then go back and hear all of these words. And, oh my goodness, this is, this, it was here the whole time and I didn't know it. And so then to say those words now, knowing the full meaning of it, you know, those are the things because they're, they're rote. I mean, I, yeah. I, I said them every, every week. And now when I can't find the words, I'm finding those are the words that I go back to. That's beautiful. I, I love that. I love how when life infuses something that could otherwise be inanimate, right? Like you mm-hmm. said, they're words, they're rote. And um, I actually equate it to something that uh, my pastor was talking about this weekend where he talked about the posture of kneeling in prayer. You know, there's mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily anything magical in that, but if the posture of kneeling in prayer means that you're you're uh, submitting yourself to the power of something that is alive and much bigger than you, then it takes on power. So I, I love that. Appreciate you letting me ask you. Yeah, of course. Yeah, safe space. You can ask me questions. Okay, okay. (laughs) Well, and that's what I like about these disciplines is that, you know, doing something as a discipline is, I think, is sometimes doing of it, doing it even when you don't feel like it. I think that's the discipline part is you, you, you enter into it because you know that it's for your good. You know it's going to be good. And so you, you, you continue to practice it. And So let's talk a little bit about what fasting is, like from a biblical perspective, what is fasting? Yeah, I mean, I think, so the way that I think about this, and I'll give full credit here, my pastor, Mark Battison, he talks about this discipline a lot, and he uses a couple of phrases very frequently when he talks about it. He talks about it being an outward expression 
of an inward com- uh, commitment to pursue God. And mm. so, um, you know, you, you talked about how life uh, t- uh, infilled that sort of those rote recitations. Uh, well, it, th- those rote recitations are still an outward profession of something that you believe internally. And I think that's what, what gave them life. Uh, the second phrase that, that Pastor Mark uses uh, is he says that it's a, it's a concrete way uh, to offer God a, a sacrifice and a way to mm. praise him. And so it's just a way to walk out what we believe internally. And um, maybe, maybe just if I could quickly, I, mm-hmm. I was reading in Leviticus this morning, uh, Angela, and Leviticus is a hard read. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say right? a little light I mean, reading this morning. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's February, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like where you're at in the annual reading, right? Mm-hmm. But but no, I was, I was actually thinking about this conversation that we were going to have today, and it struck me that all of these sacrificial requirements that Leviticus details, you know, virtually all of them went away when the cross happened mm. because Jesus took the place of the sin offering, uh, the guilt offering, all of the other offerings that are uh, that are detailed in Leviticus. But um, th- this this practice of, of fasting that we're talking about today, that that endured. It, it endured and not only uh, endured, but it, it was one that that Jesus modeled himself and that he said he that he expects of us and so you know you ask the question what what is biblical fasting i think it is a spiritual discipline that has uh, survived b- uh, from before the cross and then that Jesus modeled for us. And it's a way for us to enter into just a very narrow portion. I mean, it's a sliver uh, of the pain and the, uh, the sacrifice that he gave for us, but it's a way that we can do that uh, personally. And so I just, th- this morning, as I was thinking about it, with all those Old Testament mandates that that went away, uh, he didn't do away with this call to fa- fast. In fact, he amplified it and he modeled it for us. And so I think it's sort of his prescribed way of inviting us into what he endured for us. Yeah, I love that. And as I was looking into fasting, it what I found is that there's the Old Testament has a lot to say about it. And in the New Testament, not, there are examples of people fasting, but how to fast and why people were fasting. It was, you know, I, I, I think I did end up in Leviticus for other reasons, but um, that that is so interesting. You know, they were wanting to seek God. They were grieving. You know, Mo- Moses fasted when he was on Mount Sinai getting the, the Ten Commandments. And uh, fasting, I thought was, this was interesting, that usually lasted from morning to evening. And in the book of Esther, when she asks them to fast for three days, that that was really significant because they were usually only doing morning to evening and it was one day. And then um, I nerded out a little bit and I looked at the dictionary of New Testament theology and they talked about in the course of time, the deeper meaning of fasting as an expression of man's humbling himself before God was lost for Israel. Increasingly, it became regarded as a pious achievement. And by the time Mm -hmm. of Jesus, the Pharisees were required to keep two fast days each week. And so I, I want that makes me wonder if Jesus was giving the example of fasting. And then it was Paul giving the, the, you know, the framework around it. You know, when you're fasting, don't maybe it was Jesus. Don't look like you're fasting, you know, <laughs> put oil on your head, like take your shower, get ready. Don't like look mournful. But, you know, it's, it's about what's happening with you and God, not getting the attention from people around. And I wonder if that was 
fighting against what he was seeing, you know, which is mm-hmm. kind of the message of what Jesus was doing when he came back, like flipping things over, like, no, no, you, that, that's not exactly what we meant with the law. Like get back to the, um, get back to the, it being about seeking God more. So I, I thought it was really interesting how in the old Testament they were, they were using fasting in a, a you know, various different ways, but it was always about seeking God and becoming closer to God. Because Hmm. I had always thought of fasting as discernment. Do you know what I mean? If you want an answer from God, then you fast and he will help you give, get the answer. That was kind of my frame of reference. Yeah, I love that. As as you were talking, I I was jotting down a couple of things that were coming to mind. One is uh, demeanor and and one is motives. Um, You you talked about demeanor. I think I think those instructions were in uh, the Sermon on the Mount, maybe maybe Matthew six. But um, I kind of okay. this is not going to be incredibly uh, um, it's not going to have a lot of literary value, Angela. But (laughs) I I think that translation is when you fast, don't be a grump about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Don't don't be don't be dour. Don't be sour. You're, You're doing this because you get to participate and and you have a savior that sacrificed ultimately for you, you get to celebrate in that death and resurrection. And so, yes, there's, you know, there's a portion of it that's lament, but we, we lament knowing the outcome in advance. So we don't have to be a grump. And then, um, the, the second part was motives. You talked about, you know, why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Angela, I think when I, first came to sort of a regular exercise of fasting and I, I sort of came begrudgingly, it was very easy for me it to be for uh, about one of two things for me about either uh, pleasing people, right? Mm-hmm. Or about getting something out of it. Um, and kind of like what you just said, fa- fasting is about drawing close to God. The reward actually is his presence. Mm-hmm. It's It's being with him and associating with him and turning down our volume so that his voice can increase in our life. And, um, you know, it's got to be for his glory and not our own. And actually, um, you, you talked about, you, you asked about the, the practice of fasting in my life. And one of the, one of the things that unlocked that realization for me is I didn't, I wasn't doing a very good job of doing anything other than exercising the discipline of refraining from, mm-hmm. but there's got to be a replacement, right? Mm-hmm. What, if you're, if I'm intentionally uh, reducing myself and it's increasing my time, but it's also um, uh, increasing my availability to be filled, what am I filling it with? Um, and I think, you know, prayer and repentance are, are the two things that, at least in my life, have been uh, most amplified when I'm not only fasting, but when I'm seeking to fill it with, with what he has for me. You, and that's yes, 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 yes. In the study guide for the reading for this Lent study, we have fat. We first we do fasting and then prayer and repentance for exactly that reason because we felt like and it's you're building each week and so you're fasting and then you add prayer and then you add repentance as you go as we're going through this study because we felt like those three go hand in hand. They mm-hmm. they um, exactly what you're saying when you're removing something, you need to fill it with something. And hopefully that's, you know, oh my goodness, I'm so hungry. Oh, I'm so aware of my hunger. Okay, Lord, I'm. that's going to be the reminder, like the bell ringing that I'm going to, to seek you. And what I found too, and for, in biblical fasting is that it was from food and water. People hmm. were um, fasting from that. And, and I, I know that in a, in a day of, you know, issues with food, which of which I have issues with food and, um, 
you know, it can, it can feel, it can easily go from, oh, I'm going to fast and then I'm going to be healthier and maybe I'll lose weight. And that's not the way that we want to go into fasting. Um, so I would encourage people that if, if food's going to be an issue and be a distraction in that, that there are other things that you can fast from to, to, you know, for example, maybe you want, I'm maybe I watch a lot of Netflix and maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> and maybe I could fast from Netflix and replace that time with seeking God and pursuing God in that time instead of food. Um, and also something that you were saying too, it reminded me last fall I did, um, so some of the issues I have with food is that I have allergies mm. that I found out from doing um, an elimination diet. And I, I was going into it to do an elimination diet to figure out what foods I'm having issues with. But it was 10 weeks and you take things out cumulatively, like kind of how we're cumul- cumulatively adding things on this study. And so like 10 weeks, I didn't have sugar and any sweetener and all these different things. And I wasn't intending to fast and to seek God purely by the the act of taking things out it in and denying myself revealed things about my character mm. yep. <laughs> that I needed to go to the Lord about and so what wasn't necessarily starting as a fast ended up kind of acting as a fast because of what was just naturally brought up by that process yeah, that's good. You know, and I think um, what it reveals is I think whatever thing opens up the most space in your heart mm-hmm. for God to fill is probably the thing that you should consider uh, fasting and, and, and growing. And it might not look the same every time. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this. For me, it's definitely food. That's definitely mm-hmm. the hardest, right? Like you could say, you know, I know people fast TV or you said Netflix or, you know, devices or, or other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like all those things, I got to be honest with you, not that big of a sacrifice for me, <laughs> Angela, but, but food is tremendously um, important and it, it's also tremendously difficult for me. And so like, I, I think it, I think it would, um, in, in some ways I might be um, not cheating. It's not the word I'm looking for, but I might be taking the easy way out if I didn't go uh, with fasting food. But like mm-hmm. you said, if for you opening up more space in your life, not to mention the, uh, you know, the medical reasons or that it's the food related reasons you might need to do it, then you need to go with whatever would open up the most space in your heart and life. And I, I think, I think for me, as you kind of verbalize that, what it, what it says to me is, you know, there, there's always a way to take sort of an easy way out. And if what we're really trying to do is really enter into uh, both the suffering and also the sacrifice of Jesus, then we actually should be looking for the thing um, that that does create the most space, right? And Mm -hmm. for you, it's going to look different than it looks for me. And also the more space and also the thing that you kind of have that, you know, a a visceral Mm -hmm. reaction to of... (gasps) If you that if it makes you feel that way, you it might be the thing that you need to. No, he's not asking me to. I can't do that. Well, that might be the thing actually. <laughs> yeah, that you need yeah. to take out. Do, so, so it should be about wanting more of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's really what it comes down to. I yep. you know I won't go too far down this rabbit trail, but I've, I've pulled those two books. That's really the theme. And you know, I think Lent generally is about how we can really do nothing outside of his power, uh, but with him, all things are possible. Fasting specifically for mm-hmm. me 
it's that way to say, okay, I recognize I can't do anything without you. I'm going to make myself small that you might increase. I'm going to create that space. I'm going to invite you in. And when you feel it, I'm going to follow you where you may lead. So good. So good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Than. I, I, as soon as you said, I'm not an expert in this, but I can talk about <laughs> it. I knew you were going to be the person and this was such a great conversation. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Angela. Think of me from on Wednesday, okay? I'm going to need it. I will. (laughs) Thank you for joining us for this conversation about the spiritual discipline of fasting. Over the next week, we're going to have Lectio Divina episodes that are going to lead you through the verses that are in the study guide. If you'd like to get the study guide, you can head over to myfaithradio.com and sign up for our Reading the Bible Together Study of Lent, and you can get that free study guide. And we'll do Lectio Divina through the verses. And Lectio Divina is a way of interacting, a meditative way of interacting with Scripture. And then uh, one week from today, we will have another episode about the spiritual discipline of prayer. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. And we'll see you next time. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted by Angela Smith and produced by Aaron Trost. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more at MyFaithRadio.com. Thank you for listening to this conversation on Reading the Bible Together. These conversations are available because of your support. You can become a supporter now at MyFaithRadio.com. Please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes and share it with friends so together we can inspire more people to read the Bible together.